Hello everyone and welcome back to the Total 90 podcast. On this episode we are joined by Owen and Leon and we will be discussing AFCON and African football. This episode was recorded on the 9th of January 2022. Enjoy. I think if anything else boys we need to start orchestrating who's going to say all right first. I'm (laughs) sick of that half a second of awkward silence. how you been, Leon? Anyway, you haven't been on for a while, have you? Yeah, good. I was back in the UK um, for nearly two weeks with the family. Um, just enjoying some time with them, and then obviously seeing, spending some time with the girls and seeing cousins and aunties and uncles. Really, so it was nice. It's good, man. Good. Uh, How was your Christmas? Okay? Yeah, everyone's good. Everyone's good. In good spirits. Um, a, a lot yeah. of my family ended up getting COVID, though. <laughs> not from you, hopefully. No, not from me. Not, not from me. Not the. Um... Not the Barca or Leon uh, <laughs> variant. He was a secret spreader, mate. That's it. His family come over. Uh, got him out. Yeah. Oh, good man, good. It's always nice to catch up with family, um, especially over the festive period. Uh, we'll get started straight away, boys, because we've probably got quite a lot to get through. Yep. I know uh, a few of us. Well, I say a few of us. A couple of us are on uh, time limits as well. So we're going to talk about um, Afcon and kind of broadly about African football as well I think it gives us a chance um, I'm, I'm going to ask a very like uh, I was debating whether to ask it or not but I'm just going to ask it are you guys actually bothered about the AFCON <laughs> uh, I know it's not the best way to start uh, like a podcast about possible AFCON <laughs> but I was thinking this when I was watching like uh, the Cameroon and uh, Burkina Faso game and I'll let you guys uh, give your your thoughts on it first, and then I'll obviously give you what my thoughts are. Leon, do you want to take this first? I know I kind of <laughs> dropped this out of nowhere. But... <laughs> I haven't had time to prep. Um, yeah, I am bothered about it. I'm, I'm bothered about all, all football tournaments in general. Uh, I think if you put it in context, you know, it's not as um, as big as the World Cup and European Championships. Um, and I probably hold it in the same regard as Copper America, where you know I'm not intently watching it, but I watch the odd game here and there. And the closer it gets to the final, the more I get into it. Um, obviously, um, I have African roots, um, but <laughs> the team, the team my dad's from, is really bad. They don't ever qualify, so I don't have a vided interest per se in in uh, any of the tournaments. Um, if they did get qualify, maybe I would. That's Sierra Leone, by the way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I do have an interest, but obviously my interest isn't as strong as maybe, you know, the World Cup and um, the European Championships. But that, again, that could be the way it's kind of marketed as well um, in comparison to those, um, to that tournament. And also the the talent of players, because I've, I feel like it, with the South American teams and the African teams, you've you've kind of got two or three good countries in um, in South America and maybe two or three in, in Africa as well. Um, and then the quality really drops off. Um, so I think that's why they haven't got the same sort of engagement uh, maybe as some of the, the other tournaments. Uh, Q? Yeah, it's, it's interesting what Leon's saying there because it's like, I was because I, I kind of feel very similar in, this, in the sense that like, yeah, you know, I kind of follow it like as much as I would kind of cut America. So I'd like, you know, kind of check the results out kind of initial stages then like if there's any kind of like games that I think might be good like in the knockout rounds or whatever that's when I'd start kind of like tuning to kind of try and like watch the games as well um but I mean it's interesting isn't it because like you say there's, there's two kind of big teams in South America but then it's like it's kind of messy isn't it really like the big player for Argentina and you think about maybe some of the Premier League players who've kind of got to AFCON and like you know Mane, Salah like there's some big players in the tournament yeah, isn't there? so it's like I think you're right when you say about the marketing of it because I think maybe it's just it's just that they don't necessarily like think about how to sell it to like say a European audience because you know we are in kind of the European market aren't we so I guess when we watch the Euros we're more interested because it's our teams and like our neighbours playing but yeah mm. it's it's just interesting to think about isn't it? Do you, yeah. do you think do you think that's down to when it is? Do you think it's because it's in January it, rather than exactly being in that. the summer? That's what I was going to say, mate. Um, to, to be honest, I agree with both you guys. I think Leon pretty much spelled out exactly what I was going to say, which is as it, as it gets like to the semis and the final, I'll tune in. And and I don't think it's to do with, like the, because it's the AFCON. I was the exact same with um, 
the what's it called the South American one the copper um, and like you boy said if there's a game where I'll use the AFCON as an example rather than copper if there's a couple of big nations like come up in the quarters something like I don't know Senegal versus uh, Ivory Coast of course I'll uh, you know switch it on and watch but I think uh, when it's the World Cup I would watch like I've taken time off work to watch like three <laughs> games a day, whereas I can't see myself ever doing that for AFCON. One of the key reasons is because of what Leon was uh, just meant bringing up there, which is it's in the middle of the season. And especially right now, I'm just, I don't know about you guys, I'm quite fatigued of just constantly watching football. Like, because <clears throat> with it being um, COVID, and I think it's got to a point where like 90% of the games are being televised. Uh, it's obviously reduced now, but I mean, there's ways of watching three o'clock kickoffs. Let's be honest. So, yeah. uh, but what do you guys think? I, th- I think the definitely the mid-season thing plays. Well, I think I think it was. Um, I think they originally wanted to have it in the summer. So I think because uh, it traditionally has been in January, but I think they originally planned to have it in the summer. But then I think it was just because basically the weather they couldn't do it. Like it'd just be too hot. I was, was going to say <laughs> I was watching it today, and like. Uh, Firstly, VAR is no better than it is for the Premier League. I think it took them about seven minutes, something like that, to make an offside call. And literally, the, the guys were just standing around me, sweating, like the humidity and the heat must be like unbearable. Like, yeah. so yeah, summer's out the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't get me started on VAR, oh, mate. Like, by, by the way, you, I don't know, I'm guessing none of you guys have watched the Afghan at all at the moment, yeah? Like the first game. Or no, they watched the first I, game. So I watched the, um, oh, sorry, go. Sorry, go on, mate. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, if you did watch it, I don't know if you guys noticed, when it uh, when they were doing the goal check, instead of saying, like, uh, goal check or whatever, they were doing the scene investigation or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, literally... Some CSI stuff. Like a, yeah, literally, tra- li- literal translation or something. Like, I'm guessing, like, it's meant to be in French or something like that, and then they've, like, translated it in English. Something like that must have happened. They couldn't have chosen that by, well, on purpose. Yeah, sorry, Leon. What were you going to say, Matt? No, no, no. I was just going to say I watched uh, a little bit of the Saturday game. That was it. Yeah. But I don't think we're talking about the same match, are we? No, no. I'm talking about the one before. Okay, uh, Birdie. Yeah, got a soft spot for there. <laughs> Spent a little bit of time back back in the day out there. Um, Nanny's from there as well, you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, Everett's from there as well, isn't he? Um, I think he's born yeah, there. Yeah, they're the Senegalese Cape Verde. Uh, yeah, uh, like they're a Portuguese, used to be a Portuguese colony or colony, something yeah. like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cube, you've got some, I think, some facts or whoever might be the favorite because literally I don't know anything about. Africa. Do you want to <laughs> hit us with some stats, mate? I don't know about stats, mate. Yeah, well, so I mean, as, as I'm sure you both know, Algeria are the defending champions, yeah, so they're kind of one of the favorites. Um, you've got Egypt. Egypt have won it like seven times. They've won the most times out of anyone. And then you've got Senegal. Um, they're like the top-ranked um, team in the FIFA rankings. And then Morocco as well. They're ranked 28th. Senegal are ranked 20th. So they're probably like the four main teams that are kind of seen as like the ones who are probably going to win. Um, and then just to chuck one out there, um, Mali apparently are the dark horse. Unbeaten in uh, World Cup qualifiers, so if if there's an outside chance, then you you talk about maybe Mali. Okay, yeah. they've got some decent players knocking around the European leagues. Uh, Mali, to be fair, so didn't it? Wasn't Sadu Keita from? Wasn't he from Mali? Um, I, I think he's from Guinea. Um, Basuma's um, from Mali. I remember, um, like someone pretty like decent. I think it might have been was it the striker Kanote? Uh, Canute, Canute, the Tottenham guy. Yeah, I think he was Mali back in the day, but yeah. Yeah, because I remember like Mali just used to stick in my head because we used to like see this one player. Obviously, you're not really used to seeing Malians or how, like, is that what the locals are called? (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Dangerous. Malians, yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just like you don't really see them in like top flight football that often, so it always sticks in my mind. I've read a couple of bits about Algeria, so I knew obviously I knew they were the winners, but uh, of the last one, but the, apparently they've got like a really good crop, like who's 
probably in the mid twenties now as well, so a good like age. And they've obviously uh, is Mares the main player for them, Cube. When you look yeah, into it, yeah, yeah, Mares, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, my 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 partner's um, Algerian, so I, I knew um, <laughs> I know I know how good they are, and uh, yeah, she does last Afcon as well because uh, I never hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, Zidane was uh, well, I was going to say Algerian, he was French, obviously, but there's a lot lot of players that fr- the <laughs> French team stole from. Uh, well, is it North Africa or just Africa all over? Yeah, yeah, Benzema. I think Benzema, Zidane, they've all got um, Algerian roots. Ben Arfa. No, I think yeah. Ben Arfa might have been Moroccan or something like that. But yeah, um, just unless you boys want to specifically add something else on the AFCON, I just wanted to talk about like African football. I think this gives us a good chance to dive a little bit in, into there. What, what do you guys think? Is there anything that maybe I've missed? I think we probably should have done the AFCON thing towards the end so we could have actually sat down and had a chat about who's uh, who's looking good going into the final so we might revisit it anything yeah, you guys yeah. would like to add before we move on um, no do you know what I think you know uh, <laughs> a team that I'm actually no one's mentioned it, but I think could do quite well is Nigeria Tell me, I was because Nigeria is a team, yeah. Traditionally, they do quite well, don't they? But yeah, yeah. yeah like they got some decent players. Apparently, they're not doing that well. And didn't isn't um, Nigeria the one that um, the guy from Watford that they're trying to get in? Is that is Dennis. that right? Yeah, because I think yeah, they just yeah. they just sacked their manager, didn't they? They just changed their manager and then they brought a whole bunch of guys in. So yeah, I was a bit, you know, because traditionally they're a big team, aren't they? But I don't know. Yeah. Like, I think got some decent players playing the Prem as well. So. Um, they could they could do something. I think they could be dangerous. I think they had another they, guy. Um, he's in Syria, but apparently he got injured. So they had like Dennis and then this other guy. Who... Oh, you're talking about the Napoli striker, Victor Oshiman. Yeah, yeah. Victor Oshiman, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's in there. Either. Be, he's meant to be a baller. Like. Um, <laughs> but if Watford had their way, mate, they would have like kept every single player at the time. I mean, they've stopped Saw. They've stopped uh, Den- Den- is it Denise? Oh, Denise, yeah. Yeah, about... no. Let's have a chat. Let's have a chat about like African football. I mean, I'm sure we can call back to the Afcon whenever we need to throughout the episode. Like, um, where do you, like? Let's start with this. Like, before we move on, actually, from Afcon. Like, I think I don't know if you've seen this message, Leon, because I added this in last minute as well. A lot of this I just shoved in last minute and didn't give you guys a chance to prep. What What are you guys' thoughts on like? players such as Zaha and if I'm not mistaken Moses was the same where they've played for in this instant England and then they're later on deciding to play for say like it might be their dad's nation etc like where do you guys stand on that? Um, I'll let you go first I mean I don't know I'm, I'm In my heart, I'm kind of a bit of a modernist, really. So, like, I don't, I don't mind it, really. If I'm honestly, like, you know, personally speaking, I get why people do it. Where it's like, because you see quite a lot in, say, like, you know, Scotland, like national team, and even in rugby or whatever, and cricket, like, where you know, nations have got teams that are full of people that basically aren't really kind of connected to that nation. And I'm not really bothered, really. Like, I guess, particularly for them African teams, where like. You know, a lot of players kind of move out of the continent when they're young to kind of go to like Europe to kind of progress their career. Like, I mean, I think Zaha and people like that are not necessarily like you know of that ilk. But I don't really have a problem with it, mate. Like, I think it's like it, it's good to um, make those squads better and get those players playing with people who are playing in Europe. So I don't have any real problem with it, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with it either, actually. Um... Cube, I think, you know, it's, as someone who's trying to break into an England team, it's very difficult because there's such a big pool of players to choose from that it's very hard to sort of establish a career. You could be in one minute, out the next, if you if you dip a little bit of form. Um, whereas if you play for, you know, um, an African nation or a country like Scotland, Wales, Ireland, whatever it may be, um, as an example, you're more likely to have a longer international so Leon, you 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 cut off the uh, who who plays for Scotland? You said Scott McTominay. So he's he's obviously yeah. English, um, yeah. but he's obviously forged a, um, a career with Scotland, and now he's having you know a full full length career. And I think obviously the competition for places in England is is so strong. Uh, 
unless you're a top, top player, um, you know, it's very hard to always maintain your form in the team. Um, you know, look at Deli Ali, um, players like that, James Madison, who don't really get a sniff anymore because there's, there's such a large pool of players. So generally, I don't have an issue with it. I think I have an issue when it's like, uh, <laughs> when it's like their granddad's mother and they're like, they don't, they've never been to the country. They don't even know anything about the country. And they're just sort of claiming just to to get on um, to get some international. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm a bit like. Mm. It does get yeah. a bit tenuous, doesn't it? But I guess it's just the rules, isn't it, mate? But I think yeah. like, I think what Z's trying to say is like, say they get players who play for like say England all the way through the youth system, mm. and then not like the last, youth, well, like, but, like, youth, like, but like last minute.com then change. It's like, but you know, and I can kind of see some people saying, oh, well, if you played for England at one level, you should play for England for the rest, but. As you say, I, mean, I don't really like why it doesn't really seem fair when you kind of a kid to, you know, pick one team and then stick with them. It's like you know, I don't mind them getting a chance to change when they're a bit older. Like I think that yeah. makes sense. I think yeah. I think to be honest, I think at the end of the day, everything you guys have mentioned it makes the other possibly weaker teams like better. The only reason I'm a little bit the negative spin on it is. Firstly, from my point of view, like I don't like the idea of if you've already played. I don't mind youth system; it doesn't matter because, like Cube said, as a kid, you know, you make a lot of silly decisions, and you might choose to play for a team that you later realise actually, no, I feel more a part of this team or this country. Um, but I think if you've played for not like just got into the squad, but actually got on the pitch for one of the countries, like. At senior level, and then you're doing a, one of those, as Leon mentioned, tenuous like, yeah, my grandma's sister's br- brother, who are like, you know, <laughs> what I mean? uh, like, I think that's a little bit harsh, is because another person who plays in that position, who's come through the youth ranks and always planned to play for. Let's use Ivory Coast as an example because the reason I gave that, like the question came from like thinking about Zaha and Moses. So if you're a player who's come through Ivory Coast youth system, you've always wanted to play, where does Zaha play? Say right wing or left wing, whichever wing. And you've been playing for them and then this guy decides that after playing for England, oh, actually, you know what? I can't get into the England team now, so I'll pledge a license to... Ivory Coast, like I didn't. I mean, I, th- I think maybe he's in, in back in the day that would have been like more of a problem. But like the way football is now, like most players can play like multiple positions anyway. Like do you know what I mean, it's like you just kind of said Zaha mm. there. It's like you could play Zaha like either wing or even maybe he's like as a second striker for your national team. Do you know what I mean, so like these guys have got like flexibility to play in different positions anyway. So mm. like I think if you're a good enough player, you play playing for your national team. Like you should be able to play for at least a couple of different positions, like even in a squad basis, like so. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I'm going to ask you guys a couple of questions of Africa, please. So the first one is a bit more personal in terms of to you guys, who you, who's a player that uh, from Africa has had the most impact on you as personally, like you know when you've watched him in the past, you think, oh, this guy's just unreal. Like, for example, like, I'll start off, like, I was saying to Cuba, like, Canu, even though he's never won the Ballon d'Or, etc., I just think the guy was unreal, and I think, um, as my dad says, I'll, I'll quote him, actually, for once, uh, his thought was, if Canu didn't have a hard problem, he would have been a Ballon d'Or winner, if not a couple of times, at least once. And it was painful to watch him go to Arsenal. <laughs> I enjoyed his Portsmouth time a lot more. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if actually whilst we're on Canoe, um, have you guys heard about the when um, what's what's he called? Is it, is uh, Harry Redknapp. You're going to say the Tony Adams quote, yeah, the famous Tony Adams quote of like he's gonna like he's gonna be like 48 or whatever, and he got him when he was mint. Oh, oh, no, I was actually going to talk about that uh, Harry Redknapp story when he bought him for Portsmouth, like. Because I think he was about, well, officially he was about, what, 35, 36 at that time when he moved to Portsmouth. Can you guys remember? Oh, I can't remember yeah, the exact yeah. age, but he's like, he was he was getting on a bit, weren't he? Yeah, even so, by his I'm uh, guessing passport. you guys don't, don't know about the anecdote that I'm referring to, otherwise you guys probably would have. No, I don't know. I think, 
old Harry, you know, whenever transfer window comes around, he jumps on and he repeats the story of uh, Ben Johnny and Canu's one of them. He says he signed him and like he was unfit. And I'm obviously going to kind of gloss over a lot of the story because I can't remember the exact details. But the bottom line is he put him on for about 45 minutes or something like that. And like he hadn't trained with them. I think he created two or scored one, something like that. Basically, he was man of the match. But he was that unfit when he finished the game. They had to like put him in a wheelchair. The guy's skill level, man, was ridiculous. Yeah, um, any, any, uh, any like players like that, you guys remember? Um, Jojo Kocha, I guess. <laughs> Z, yeah. I just took two off my list. Yeah, right? you just, you just, <laughs> well, you just I, ruined I, that I, one for me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Leon. I'll, I'll pretend I didn't say anything. What, 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 who, who do you think, Leon? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Jojo Kocha was a player that you know when he played, he, he just went out and kind of had fun. Um, and I remember as a kid, he'd do all these skills. And you would go and play in the park and try and do these do these skills. Um, he's just somebody I, I genuinely enjoyed watching play. And when he came to the Premier League, you know, um, he was a magician. Um, you know, he was, he was playing at a really high level um, for for Bolton at the time. And uh, you know, it, it was it was great to watch. I mean, I think to be fair, it was surprising he actually played for a team like Bolton because I actually think he he could have played for a better team. Um, but that wasn't to be. But yeah, he was great to watch. I really enjoyed watching him. And, and George Weir as well. Um, obviously, he was quite young when he was sort of playing for Milan and we kind of got the the, the tail end of him at the Chelsea. Che- the Chelsea yeah. one, yeah. But, <laughs> you can't judge him on that. No, nah, but he won a Ballon d'Or. He's the, the first African player to do that. And I remember he scored a goal from um, his own penalty box to the other end. Because I remember yeah. when we were young, Serie A was really AC popular. Milan. So it was always yeah, on yeah. Channel 90s. 4. So I used to watch him a lot, um, and he was he was incredible. He was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was it was really painful when he came to Chelsea and like what he was, mate. Like, cause yeah, I think was... it, not just him. I know we're not talking about like uh, uh, European players over, but like Shevchenko as well. Because like you mentioned, um, when we were growing up, I'll let you jump in in one second, Cube. Um, I'm sure you'll uh, have a couple of names as well. When we were growing up. Italian football on Channel 4 was massive and mm. you grow up like watching those guys maybe Weir was still like uh, a little bit past his prime but he was still really good like you knew it was a serious player and then like both of them came to Chelsea and just became to be harsh like kind of a joke joke of a figure like people were mocking them and like oh it's terrible like it, it was terrible and good at the same time because you know you don't want Chelsea to be doing well as a United fan and as an Arsenal fan from Cube side, um, what have you got any uh, players that you'd like to? Yeah, mate, I've got because those kind of <laughs> them four were all on my list. Actually. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had, actually had Georgie Wears like down as like potentially like the best African player of all time. To be honest, mate. So there you go. Because um, yeah. yeah, simply easy. Like I remember, like when I was like, you know, first starting to watch football, like Serie A was like the league, wasn't it? Like and you mm. had like you know on Channel Four. So yeah. And that AC Milan kit, I think I had that. Like, I think it might be one of the first kits I actually got like as a kid. But yeah, the only other player I wanted to say was um, Mike Lessian because yeah. he's like a powerhouse, like midfielder, wasn't he? Like, and I, I really like rate those, like, you know, people who have like have got the legs who put the effort in. But Essien was like really good on the ball as well. Like, do you know what I mean? So he's like a proper, like, all round, like, centre midfield powerhouse. Like, I think he had he was... that one serious injury and. That ruined him, didn't it? Before that, he was just... He was incredible, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think... And... Go on, mate. No, no, I was going to say another player we, we forgot, actually. He was um, magnificent in the Premier League. was Yaya Torre. Oh, yeah. yeah. You literally st- stole my... <laughs> Sorry, mate. My shout-out. I think, to be honest, this was going to always happen, wasn't it? Because we were all, we were all around about the same age, watching yeah. the same players. But yeah, I, I've got a bit to say about Yaya Torre, actually. Uh, like, interesting takes. Well, well... I think it might be an interesting take. What's your thoughts on Yaya Toure? What were you saying? To me, um, I just thought he was he was unbelievable. I think I actually don't think he almost knew how good he was as well because I, <laughs> I remember when you know he had those two seasons when he was scoring like twenty goals a season, and genuinely, if he if he sort of kept that sort of level up for the next, say, he'd done that for six seasons, we would he would be in the conversation as one of the best centre midfield players in the Premier League ever. 
Um, you know, the people were talking about him in the sort, sort of same breath as sort of Skulls, Gerrard and Lampard, but he'd only done it for those two seasons at, at City. But that he was at was so high and he was so powerful. Um, you know, he was unplayable um, when he was on, on it. Um, he was a top, top class player. Um, but he's almost a player that you almost feel like he could have gone to another level as well because he was playing sort of, not within himself, but he, he almost didn't know how good he was. Um, I don't know, but yeah, he was a magnificent player. I think the point I was going to make on Yaya Toure is, and if, I'm not sure if he said this himself or not, but he always feels like if he wasn't an African player, if he was a European player, like I'm not talking about like skin colour or anything like that, like as in if he played for one of the bigger nations in Europe, do you think he would have had a lot more recognition? So that's another question I was going to throw out, as in like, do you think certain players, because they play for probably a smaller African nation, like footballing-wise, um, don't get as much praise and as much hype as, say, a player playing for, like, France might do or England? And definitely England, because England's, like, full of hype, but, like, France, say? Um, I'd probably say, yeah, because if Mo Salah was English or French or Spanish... I think he'd be on every single billboard in the world. And, he, you know, Salah's the best player in the world at the moment. Um, and I know he's sort of venerated in, in various arenas, but maybe not to the same level as other sort of European players um, and South American players. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that to a certain degree. Cube? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Like, because the Salah one does make you think, doesn't it? Like, because I, I agree with you, mate. Like, Salah is just like, it's just unbelievable, really. And I don't think Salah necessarily gets like, the full credit that he deserves, like kind of as universally as he deserves it. On Yaya Torre, like, I don't know. I think sometimes like, hmm, I don't like what, how, if we we're having this conversation now and say he played for France, like, I don't know if I would really rate him like any more highly than I do. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know whether that's like, just because we're kind of like relatively kind of cultured like fans or whatever, but like, I mean, I don't necessarily think, like, for me, international football is not as good as, like, say, the Champions League. So, for me, like, if you've done it in the Premier League and you've done it in La Liga and you've done it in the Champions League, to me, there's not really any better kind of, like, places to kind of come and perform, really. It's like, if he'd been in a national team that had done well, like, for me personally, it wouldn't really add anything to his CV because I don't think international football is anywhere near the same level as, like, those top two leagues in the Champions League. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was referring not specifically from ourselves. I was referring more like the people who actually give out awards and the media, I guess. Um, I was actually trying to check out what his stats were there because I, I know Leon mentioned a couple of um, couple of years he was just at a ridiculous level. But I think uh, surrounding those years, like, well, at Barcelona, he was playing a different role and he was still, I would say, elite. And... I would say even after he dropped off a little bit, I think his numbers were still good, but I can't check because it's... Uh... Do you know what, why, why you're looking at me? I want to say that though, because I think that's a really... Like when you said, oh, he's played a different role for Barcelona, but I know we've said this about like Pogba in the past where like, oh, Pogba can like potentially play a few different positions, but we don't know what his best one is. Like, and we've kind of criticised him for that. But like, <clears throat> that just kind of shows you how good Jaya Torre was because like, he was playing in like a phenomenal Barcelona team, like in a completely different role. And then he was like doing really well. And then he comes into the Premier League and he plays a different role in a different team. And he's as good as what he was at Barcelona. So like, that's like, he's able to kind of be in a team and perform two different roles and still be like an exceptional standard. Like, you know, I think that says everything you need to know about how good he is really like. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the... Not the best. I know it sounds bad because uh, I think off the back of selling him, they obviously created a midfield of Xavi, Busquets and um, Iniesta. Uh, it's, uh, I'm going to take a total left field turn here. I just want to ask Leon a question about a totally different sport. NBA. Random, but yeah, go for it. I've just been watching uh, the Bucks versus Hornets. Okay. I don't even know which like state or whatever Hornets come from. I know they're both, they're both from east. 
They were from uh, oh Hornets. They're from uh, um, Carolina. Yeah. So uh, let me get this right because I've just thought like I, this is the first time I actually sat down and probably watched a B ball game. And like, uh, who's the ball fellow? Like, what's he called? Not Alonzo Ball. The other one. Uh, so there's um, there's three balls. There's uh, Lamelo. Lamelo, uh, I'm talking. Yeah, about. Lamelo Ball. Yeah, he plays for Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Yeah. Is he a little bit like what Iniesta? is in football like do you do you know what i'm trying to get at yeah he, I watched him... he, he he is he's he's, he's he's supremely talented supremely talented um i mean he, he was picked third in the nba draft but everyone said oh, he should have right. gone first but he, oh, he right. he's he won rookie of the year last year he's he's a like in basketball they have like a thing called franchise players um which basically is he's the, he's the top player of that team and they build the team around you and he's a franchise yeah, yeah. player he's he's, yeah. he's extremely good because I'd heard of Yanis, and obviously he's an absolute beast. But yeah, beast. when I watched him, I just the reason it triggered me to ask that question is because I was going to actually text you and ask you about this. Um, like the stuff he was doing with the b ball is what I would imagine <laughs> someone like Iniesta doing with a football, like you know, like controlling the play, yeah, yeah, sliding yeah. in balls, like yeah. doing little passes where like normal person wouldn't see that pass. Yeah. But anyway, now that we uh, diverted to something totally random, <laughs> uh, back to where Cube. Can you tell us where we were, mate? Before I went on my tangent, uh, we were talking about Yaya Torre, weren't we, mate? But I think we were we were kind of going yeah, through like, like favorite players and uh, best players and of all time. I was going to say about Yaya Torre is if you didn't have, uh, I guess, like it's not a mistake selling him. Like that's how good Busquets was. But imagine if they kept him as well, <laughs> like. I think that's one thing Barca probably is like didn't do well towards the end, like which is have a good squad. But again, I'm I'm like <laughs> totally uh, taking the separate. I think he had he had a bit of like an attitude though, didn't he? Where I think like Torre is not the type of person like who would want to be in and out of the team. Like Jimmy, I think he wanted to be like one of the main guys in the team, didn't he? So you touched yeah. up on a good point there, actually, mate. Like because that's what I was. Uh going to mention as well like it gets to it gets like kind of brushed with a like you've got a bit of a bad, bad attitude like it seems like that's that was like kind of the whispers towards the end as well when um, Pep came into City and he was being slowly phased out but can you guys like aside from the birthday cake stuff like can you actually <laughs> remember when he was like legitimately like did something wrong like as in didn't turn up for training or um, no. I'll take that as a no, I guess. Because I can't remember anything. And I think there's always been that like it seems like there's a story floating about like uh every once in a while or oh, yeah, yeah's got a uh, I think sometimes they would even use the word lazy, like but he clearly wasn't because he was like you watch him on the pitch, he's an absolute powerhouse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was now I'll, I'll move on um, from Yaya unless either of you guys want to add anything. No. Yeah. Um, talking about some of our uh, favourite African players, what, who would you say is like overall, give me like a top five overall African players. Like, we got to have obviously George Way in there because he's the only one who want to yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Samuel Samuel Eto's got to be there as well, yeah. right? With Drogba too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Drogba's up there as well. Yeah. Um, I've got to put JJ in there. JJ. Yeah, JJ. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, JJ for me. I don't know, like, I mean, he he was good He's in the... Paris. He was good for Bolton, but the entertainment, the entertainment factor, man, <laughs> he was just. Uh... Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. the, he's the silks. You need that in the team, man. Yeah, I can't, I can't deny that, man. But I think Kanu has to be up there, actually. Because yeah, he's, 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 he's a top. He's silky as well, to be fair. Very silky. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're getting loads. Mate, so I, did, I did some, like, research before, and there was, like, yeah. Roger Miller, and then there's... Oh. Um, I mean, I think he's like oh, Cameroon, like, Cameroon legend, isn't he? Yeah, I think he was, like, 1980, so wasn't he? So I've yeah. never really seen him play, but I think he's got quite a big rep. Um... And there's like, is it Ada by Pele or whatever? So again, Adibi think, Pele, yeah. Yeah. So they yeah, keep, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Some of the oldies. 
<laughs> I've been, I've been on Google before here. Like, I'm like, who are the good African players? I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy, I recognise him. Yeah, the Cameroon legend. There was one that player is. that always used to stick out for me, and this is calling back to our uh, uh, the games episode we did, Cube, about ISS. There's a player <laughs> called Daniel Amakachi, 1998. He used to play for Everton. Nigeria. Yeah, like he used to be this mythical creature for me, right? And then you watched him. He moved. I was like, oh, that's it. Get in. He's moved to the Premier League, and he was. Oh, maybe it was. It was past his prime. It was past his prime. Um, I'm trying to think that we've missed loads of players. That I'm sure we're gonna like after we end the show, we're gonna be like. Adebayo was decent as well. Um, at, at Arsenal for a spell. Um, before he went to City, he had a, he had a couple of good seasons. I'm sure Adebayo. And I'm not putting him in the same bracket as the yeah, others, but I mean, I agree. With, uh, yes, Adebayo's like quite like um frustrating, really, because he didn't. He never really kind of like converted his like raw talent and potential to like cons- consistency. I mean, I, this this guy's not like anywhere near, but like um, Lucas Radaby as well. Like when I first oh, yeah. started watching, like he, I used to love him. He was, quite, he was quite silky, wasn't he? Like for a centre back. Yeah, yeah, South Africa, wasn't it? I think yeah. so. Huh? Yeah, he was South African. Yeah. Um, no, no, Hugh. Believe it or not, that's actually a name I was thinking right as, as you mentioned. It. <laughs> it was, uh, he, he, uh, I remember he was like. I can't, I don't think he was like a vintage type of defender, was he? He was like more of a Rolls Royce, from what I can remember. And I think it was. I have a very, very like hazy memory because in relation to that, I think he was finishing just as I was like fully understanding football. Well, apparently he was linked. He was linked to Man United, mate. So apparently, um, Ferguson wanted to get him across to Man United. Yeah. So we must have got the wrong guy in Rio. <laughs> made, made a massive mistake there, didn't he? Not getting rid of me instead of uh, Rio. <laughs> um, so, off the back of those, like, what I was going to get at is when do you guys think an African nation will win the World Cup? Like, is it possible this coming World Cup? I, I, I think the only way an African nation is going to win the World Cup is if. Players from the likes of England and France, who's because a lot of a lot of French um, players who play for France more so than England were actually born in Africa, but they play for France. Um, especially a lot of the guys that won the last World Cup. So unless they make a conscious decision to say actually we're going to play for the country where we're from, I think that's the only way it's going to happen because the infrastructure is not there in Africa for them to produce um, a conveyor belt of talent like they do in Europe and and some parts of of South America. I think it's too difficult. Um, the standing sound of the pitches, the coaches, um, it's just not there. Um, we'll always get to sort of the quarterfinal stages, but I don't think African nations are ever going to get um, to the finals unless that happens. Um, you remember that guy we signed, um, the Hannibal Medjury? Yeah, yeah. He He's decided to play ball. for Tunisia. So it's, it's unless those players who have heritage from the African nations say, well, actually, let's try and form a little... Um, alliance here and try and build one of these up. I think that's the only way it's going to happen, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Cube, have you got anything to add? To be honest, mate, like I would say, um, so I listened to a, a podcast the other week, which was like um, business and sport podcast. And I had the, um, like the guy who was like the secretary general of like AFCON, like for ages on there, kind of talking about the state of um, like African football. And he got asked pretty much the same question. And he said pretty much the same answer as Leon has happened. So, <laughs> and it was really interesting. Listen, like because it was because what 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 was what he was saying is it's not down to talent because as you say rightly, like loads of African players like come into the European system, but actually that's it's it's as much down to like coaching Coach. talent in the in the game in Africa and and in some respects like that's why players generally leave to go to Europe because the standard of coaching is a lot higher. Yeah. The only nation that generally keeps their players like in their own country is Egypt and he's he was kind of saying that that's that's why he thinks that Egypt have won the like the Africa Cup of Nations like the most times is because most of their players like stay in Egypt playing top like football in Egypt but that's kind of like the exception like rather than the kind of the main thing so yeah I think you're back on mate so I think it'll be a long time because I think that you know it's like infrastructure but also like good governance as well and also money so like you'd have to have like 
you know, I think a significant reform in how money flows to kind of like um, like member states of FIFA, plus then like quite significant like governance reforms to like make sure that money gets spent like correctly to be able to like bring the standard of coaching up. Yeah. Um, and that that's made there long, that's long times before that, you know, and then you've got to then get the players through the system. So yeah. you're talking maybe like 40 years, I would say, before you're oh, probably yeah. going to like without that. <laughs> And and also you've got you you're up against you know like you said people who are from Africa but like people like Mane Mane plays through an African nation but he could have easily be converted if he wanted to someone they take his fourteen Eric Bailly again for instance and say look why don't you play for France or play for England or play for one of these European countries like um, Dennis Zakaria plays for Switzerland they convert them because they take them when they're young and then they yeah. bring them into their their um their finishing schools in Europe um, but yeah I agree. Yeah, I think I mean to be honest, mate. Like, without I know this is this is not really why you should do it, but like it, to me, that's why I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't give Salah the Ballon d'Or this year, just because like that would be like you know the first guy who's playing for his African nation, like who is a top top player, like getting recognised for the talent he is, like you know because as as you say, there is there has been a bit of a trend of like Mane and Salah and other kind of big players, you know, representing their kind of African nation, like, mm. and I think it would be like. For me, you kind of need one of them at some point to get recognised with the Ballon d'Or. Do you mean to to be to be honest, mate? With the Salah one, as uh, Leon picked up, uh, if he'd played for, uh, uh, I threw United in there, but really I was talking about like Barcelona and Real Madrid. <laughs> Obviously, I tweeted out <laughs> including United in as one of the elite clubs that he needs to play for. <laughs> but I guarantee you, if he was playing for Real Madrid or Barcelona, he would be getting a Ballon d'Or because I think uh, for some reason they have a lot of sway uh, when it comes to the Ballon d'Or and I think that would overpower the fact that looking at it as a negative that he's African but clearly there's some kind of a like I don't know how to say it like because it's not racism that's not what I'm getting at but like looked down upon like as in African football does, does that am I coming across correct? Like, am I because I don't think I'm no, I agree. Yeah, it's 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 for sure. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Cube asked us like who's been the best player in the Premier League, and I just ruled out Salah because that was the obvious one. I said, well, that's the obvious one after that. Like, but that's how good he is that you just think, yeah, he's the best player. Like, I mean, for example, I play fantasy league, and you just he reminds me of obviously. He's not as good as Ronaldo, say, 08, because that was just... Ronaldo and Messi, I don't think we're going to see the likes of that for at least another 20, 30 years, that type of player. We are very, very lucky to have seen that type of player, two of them, over the last two decades. And I think when you go a little bit below that, Salah is there. And what I was going to say is, I wanted to clarify that before I did my... um, comparison which is when I used to play fantasy league with Ronaldo being in the league you didn't think about like the captaincy you just put it on Ronaldo forget about who he's playing it's the same with Salah you just put it on him and that's like anybody who plays fantasy league will know that's a massive compliment and that's coming from a Man United fan who struggles to put Liverpool players into his team yeah same yeah I don't I don't I don't I don't yeah, it's 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 really hard to see Liverpool have such a quality player. Uh, but in terms of Ballon d'Or, Cube, I was going to say I think uh, Lewandowski has been robbed two years in a row. Oh, Liverpool. mate, hundred percent—that's a joke. Like, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> like last oh, year man. was like, didn't they cancel it? They did. They did. They could just cancel like, it. Like, cancel oh, it's, it's like, like it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. That like unbelievable. Like, oh, mate. Oh, yeah, just because we can't. Uh... <laughs> It's, oh, oh, yeah, it's it's madness. I, I, I think uh, once Messi and Ronaldo go uh, retire, the Ballon d'Or will probably the other players will have a fairer chance of winning it because they've almost become such a big name. It's really hard to look past them. Yeah, I know what you mean. Now, yeah. I, th- I think like now they're like they're past their apex mountain, like they're on the going downhill. I think uh, that's Leon who's had to go. Um, yeah, uh, 
I was going to say basically the same thing as you guys in terms of the coaching is the key, mate. By the way, was it the Athletic you mentioned? You watched that, uh, listened to that pod because I think yeah, mate, yeah. Athletic, yeah, because I, I listened to it because he he talks about the Egyptian players because of the heat and stuff. But stay, I think he was making a joke, but I, yeah, I remember yeah. it was actually a good part. It's actually a good yeah, part yeah. that one. It's a good one. That. Yeah. I mean, well, what again? Calling back to my dad, he, he has always maintained he feels that. African players, if they had the coaching that the European players do, would be like much, much like they would have won it twice over already in terms of the World Cup, just purely and simply because, in terms of when you've got like the, the like skill level and things like that, I, I don't think there's a huge disparity. And I think fitness wise, and I don't know if this is like me just being stereotypical but I just feel like as an athlete like if I see an African guy doing a 100 meter sprint I'm gonna probably bet on the guy on top of like say someone from Asia like where I'm from South Asia well mate I tell you what like I, I would <laughs> I would usually bet on the guy who's uh has got the Jamaica outfit on like but that's just uh <laughs> yeah well true 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 that's but, that's but anyway I think um just to follow up your point on me, like, because I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to this, but like, the research all says that like, if you look at, like, say, Olympic sports, or whatever, like, we like to think there's this kind of great, like, meritocracy about, like, oh, everyone will rock up and the best person on the day wins, but basically it comes down to money. So, like, all the, the nations who spend the most money, like, get the most medals, like, so it's it's money and infrastructure and coaching that it goes alongside that infrastructure, like, it makes an absolutely enormous difference. Like, so I think you, like it's it's absolutely right that if it was like a truly level play, playing field, like yeah. where the infrastructure was a similar level, the coaching standard was a similar thing. Like, I agree. Like, I think Afri- African teams would be winning the World yeah. Cup. Like, I mean, so just to clarify, the point I was making is more. I was thinking more from my point of view, mate. But so if our listeners don't know, I'm, I'm obviously of South South Asian descent, and like put it this way, you get a team from India and generally will be uh, short asses and not exactly built like brick houses. Um, I guess that's kind of why we probably excel at uh, cricket more than football, but uh, there's a couple coming through hopefully in, in the Premier League soon. No, I think, I mean, I just on that one, because it's quite an interesting chat about like kind of, you know, those like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh countries around there. Yeah. Like, I think... I think for me, like the, the the difference there is, is that like cricket is like the big game, isn't it? Like so, when you're young, like if you've got any kind of like sport ability or whatever, like you want to be a cricketer. Like, do you know what I mean? And like yeah. the big cricketers in that in those kind of countries. I mean, not Bangladesh, obviously, but still, like I'm sure they'll probably look at like the IPL and whatever, and like looking yeah. at those players and like they're their idols. Do you know what I mean? Whereas here, uh, like. I think- for- Football's a big sport, isn't it? And therefore, all the talented people want to be footballers, don't they? Do you mean? Yeah, but I think genetic comes into it as well because, like, football is still massive in like India and Bangladesh. But if you look at like the population, and if you go by average height and average, like, say, like size, we are like a bunch of small people. Like, same with China, same with uh, South Korea, uh, like Korea, etc., like Indonesia. There's like literally no Asian countries who dominate football. Um, like, do you know what I mean? Um, if you look at, for example, the reason I say it comes into it, like if you check kickboxing, I'm again switching sports, there's a lot of people from Netherlands who are really good at it just because of like genetics. Like they're really, really tall people. So when you're doing kickboxing, obviously you've got the reach with both your legs and your uh, like hands, I don't know if you like if you know what I mean. But oh no, I do, mate. I think yeah. it's, uh, I had us, but like I think and I, uh, this is it's like, a combination, isn't it? Like you got a have... new. This is a nuanced conversation because I think, yeah. like, say, like kickboxing, for example, like you're right, like you know, physical attributes like have a disproportionate like ability of you to kind of like excel at like kickboxing, whereas say, like I don't know, like field hockey, like. Your, your size doesn't really matter as much as your ability to kind of like play in a team and execute strategy and tactics in the game. Do you know what I mean? It's like different sports have different mixes of like physical versus kind of team play. Whereas like say 100 meter sprinter, 
like there's no tactics, there's no strategy. It's like literally like get on the blocks first and run as fast as you can to get over the line. Like you know I mean, there's no whereas like other things like reward different aspects, and that's the interesting about sport, isn't it? Like is that there's all different kinds of you know true, mate, things. True. Well, I think put put it this way to simplify the whole thing. I think we'll see an African nation win the like a uh, world cup before you see someone from south asia yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll put my mortgage on that um i don't know mate i don't know i think it, I, I tell you what i think india has got as much chance i would say as um winning a world cup as a big african nation like in because you talk about me you talk about 40 50 years like a lot can change mate a lot yeah, can change true, true. um what We'll wrap this one up in terms of the African uh, football Afcon. I, I, I think we might have to revisit this one, mate. Like after uh, after the final, etc. We'll see how it plays out. I'll try and keep an eye on it myself as well. Before we go, did you watch the Arsenal game, mate? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't watch the Arsenal game. I just seen. I was putting the kids to bed, like fuck over here, like, and I just see the. Um, I just see the result. Like I was like, oh, yeah. mate, like. <laughs> to be fair, mate, I, I've not I've not watched the game either. A lot, like I was saying at the start, I'm I'm feeling a little bit of football fatigue. Like it's, and I would never watch like something like basketball. And, that, and I think I just need a reboot. Hopefully, can I, tell you, uh, can I tell you the funny thing about Arsenal, mate? Like I don't know if you saw, but like like we released this like special kit. And it was like a knife cut crime awareness thing, so it was like an all white. Yeah, I, I noticed because Idris Alba. Was, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He was one of the guys yeah. like behind it, whatever. But you just, I just, I think that's like, that's like typical of Arsenal. Like, oh yeah, we'll do like some like PR campaign thing. Oh, by the way, you got beat. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a pretty feel, like pretty nice kit. Like the. Oh the no, I mean, it's just, it's quite because the thing is, well, you can't buy it. Like, so I think they're basically giving it to like community organisations that do stuff mm-hmm. like. To kind of tackle life care and stuff. So it's actually, you know, it's a good initiative. Like, I'm just, you know, it's just funny because we've done all that and then we've just, like, not even bothered to, like, actually win the game. Is, like, is he actually a gooner, by the way, Idris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh. when I seen him tweet, like, and I seen a little bit of, like, the Arsenal badge, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Idris is a gooner, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes sense anyway, where he's obviously from and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, to be honest, I'm not confident about our uh, our game coming up. I think uh, if we don't ditch this four two 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 two, yeah, like I think Villa are gonna just cut straight through us. So it'll be interesting. You see, Villa um, got um, they've got um, Coutinho, haven't they, as well? What did you make of that? Uh, Coutinho is the bane of my life, mate. Like I think if Barca never bought Coutinho, Liverpool never get uh, Allison and. Uh, who else did they buy Van Dyke with that yeah. money? Um, but I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one because the last couple of games, and again, I watch these random games just because I'm, I'm doing like fantasy league with a lot of people from work and stuff like that. So I keep an eye on it. And that Buendi has been doing quite all right because I was mm. looking at like how he's where he is on the pitch and he's creating chances, etc., things like that. And obviously, he he was meant to be their playmaker, like when they got rid of. Um, Grealish, I got the feeling that, that that was the guy that they were going to replace him with. Obviously, they bought like other players as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of an odd one in terms of, all right, okay, so where does he play? But I'm assuming like Coutinho is going to be the main playmaker and then Buendia is going to have to play either on the wing or not play at all. What's your thoughts on it? I, I can't quite put my finger on it. Like, as in, is it a good or a Wow. Like obviously you never know, but like I know you know you, you never know. I mean, it's I think it's um it's an interesting one. Like I didn't necessarily expect it. Like it's big, it's big wages. Like because I think they said. I mean I know they're they're only paying half his wage, but it's still half a big chunk of money. Like <laughs> half of, <laughs> half half of seven hundred thousand a week uh, is still. Do you, know, do you mean like exactly? It's still a big number. Yeah. Like do you mean? Um, so I don't know. It's 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 obviously Gerard's like got a relationship with it, hasn't he? So I think that that's quite. You know, it, that's an interesting one, but yeah, it's he definitely needs to kind of like um, he needs a new opportunity, doesn't he, to kind of like start again. I mean, he's twenty nine; he doesn't rely on pace, so he could be around for a fair bit. Like, if he can kind of 
get it back. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I mean, it's a bit of a gamble, but I guess it's it's a decent gamble from their point of view because what of what have they really got to lose? Do you know what I mean? And the answer. Yeah, of course. Just... I think from their side, yeah, it is a bit of a gamble. Uh, I've seen that they've been uh, linked with Dina as well. Really? Um, yeah, I think they're like front runners for him. Um, have you, well, what's your thoughts on Trippier going to um, Newcastle? I think it's see, it, it was quite early. It came out, wasn't it? As in, yeah. I think it was a done deal. I mean, it's one of them things. Isn't it? it seems to work for kind of everyone involved, doesn't it? Like so. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope th- they get a couple, a couple more in because uh, I'd like to see, <laughs> I'd like to see them um, kind of climb up a little bit because we obviously spoke about like northeast football, etc. Um, I know some of the fans <laughs> want them to go down, but I think for the northeast, it's better. If they stay open and get to invest a little bit more, money. I mean, it's for the banter, isn't it? Like, just for purely yeah. for the banter, it'd be good for the go down. But no, I, I agree. I'd, I'd prefer to stay up. But yeah, I think it's um because they've been linked with all kinds of people. They've been linked with Dinya as well, actually, because I thought he was good there. Uh, so they've been linked with everyone, haven't they? I think that's that's the yeah, problem, isn't it? That's like, going to so... be the case. Yeah, but yeah, It'll be interesting. Know. We'll have to do a once the window's wrapped up. We'll have to do a little January window to decide. Uh, well, I say to decide to give our takes on who's uh, had the best window and then obviously realise that we were totally wrong at the well, end. Did you... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Did you, see, uh, did you see what the Alpine clock was saying about it though? Because he's going like, he was kind of questioning how fair it was that like players, like because obviously they, they've got games to kind of catch up, haven't they? Because they had games cancelled for COVID. Yeah. And, he, and he was kind of saying like, well, you know, Newcastle can go out and like basically buy a new team, and then like you know, people have got to play them to catch the games up. It's not exactly fair, is it? Like, so it's quite mm, interesting. One. I think that was a bit of a like, come on here, like he's, he's reaching it. He? He's reaching. Yeah, I preferred his comment about like uh, how he was shouting out to like Man City and Chelsea uh, youth team uh, players, like, or oh, if these guys don't have space for you, we definitely do. <laughs> I didn't see him. I didn't see him say yeah, that. Oh. He said something along that line because uh, basically we've got like. They got Livermento from Chelsea, and they got that Broja as well. Oh, okay. So I think uh, that might be the strategy for them now going forward. We'll just look at players who can't quite make it for Chelsea because Chelsea and Man City's um, youth squads tend to like fight it out for the youth league and the like youth FA Cup or whatever. Um, so that I mean they've they've spent millions and millions in the youth. Uh, yeah, I think there was one point like one. One time when Chelsea basically had like half of the like the European youth like talent on the books like yeah, one way or the other. Mental stuff you... piling them. Yeah. <laughs> but the, that, to um... be honest, God, sorry. sorry on that, mate. I was going to say to be honest, it, it's actually they do all right out of it because they buy these guys and then if they become worldies, they can always keep them and they're getting a lot of them through the like system now as well. Like a lot, I'd probably say five or six players in there like starting. Maybe not eleven, but definitely like squad is from the like the youth system, and the ones that don't make it, they still sell them on for like five, six million or twenty know, million. That's kind of clever. I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, though, I think I mean it, it's it is clever, but then it's, at the same time, it's kind of a farce of the system. It's, but it's like, annoying. Like it shouldn't be allowed to happen, but from their point of view, they can do it. So why not? Yeah, exactly. What were you going to say? Sorry, buddy. I was going to say the last thing I was going to say, mate, is just did you see that Southampton got took over? Um, so you know, we, we mentioned before, didn't we? That they were kind of owned by that Chinese guy, so there's like these new guys that bought South, bought South Island, basically. So, just, yeah, I've just... seen it, but the only thing is, it's kind of faceless people, mate, because it's like an investment group, ah, yeah. so like it's not like a person. Or I think, um, uh, I think the sense oh, I can't remember who the guy was now, like, but um, because I think there was three guys behind this, like, this company, and like one guy's just some like some random guys got like loads of money, basically. Um, but then the other guy was like, I think he said it was like former football director or something like that, at like from um, from Brentford, like so. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think they were talking about them being like the next Moneyball, basically. No, I'll be honest, mate. I've I've tried to like this week gone. I've just tried to switch off from football for a, a while. I think uh, I'm a little bit jaded watching United recently, mate. Like, <laughs> like, mate. Mate, welcome, oh. welcome to the. <laughs> like yeah. how long, I've been an Arsenal fan, mate. It's like just, just like yeah. Oh, I'm sick of all this. Like, how many, how many times just got to like turn up the game, just yeah, get battered, like. It's not like you're even watching the highlights. You're sitting there watching for ninety minutes. I'm just like, oh, man, this is painful. 
Um, but yeah, we'll see. Obviously, if we win tomorrow, I'll I'll be like all over it again. Football all, all the way. <laughs> Four two, uh, two 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 is the way. Yeah. Yeah. Before before we wrap up, mate, anything to add? Anything we missed out? I mean, we've probably missed out loads in the African side. I was going to say it's my fault. Uh, just to clarify to the listeners, I've put this together like very last minute. <laughs> to the so, to the thousands and thousands of listeners yeah, who have all been we're, interested we're in African football, yeah. Um, yeah we're ah, we're going to lose a couple of thousand after this episode. The only thing Go I was going to say, mate, was it was more from kind of like the title race point of view, just because obviously Klopp's lost like Salah, Mane, and I think kind of one other, but not necessarily as big as those two. And like he was saying that it was like a catastrophe for you losing them. And then we didn't really, we kind of talked about the fact it was in January, but we never really said. Like, and I think this is, this is kind of a crying shame, really. But for me, like, I don't mind them doing it in January. But, like, they should stop all other competitions, like, do you know what I mean? Because no one's playing anything else, like, when the Euros are on, it's, like, a complete farce that, like, Premier League clubs are, like, sending their players away, like, until, like, February if they go to the final. Like, it's an absolute joke, mate. But like, I, th- I think with that, mate, like, if you buy an African player, you know that AFCON happens during the season. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... I, I know that, mate, and I get that. Like, and I, and, I, and it's, it's not really a problem because clubs just... Basically, getting a, he's told their fair he's not playing a single game till they're back. <laughs> <laughs> or, or all of a sudden, like they've got loads of COVID cases. Actually, oh. I don't, I don't really want to joke about that because it's too serious. Because uh, I think they're talking about like a couple of their games. I think one of them has already been called off. I think they were meant like, to play Arsenal in the um, the League Cup, weren't they? Mm-hmm. And then obviously that got called off. But then apparently something about was false positives or something. So. Yeah. It's probably because, like, he's, he's just going to probably do extra tests hoping that he can just, like, hide in a few games off. Yeah, he looks, so, at his, looks at his squad and goes, oh, let's let's, let's uh, give everyone, like, 40 different, like, lateral flaws. And then if there's a positive one, oh, he's positive, like. Yeah, man. Right, let's wrap it up here anyway. Uh, right, we'll right. revisit this uh, AFCON conversation after the tournament as well. I think it'll be a good one to revisit. Stay safe out there, buddy. As always, thank you very much for listening and we hope you enjoyed that episode. Remember, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we are on Twitter at TheTotal90Pod and we're also available on Instagram as Total90Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Stay safe now.